Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Make sure you head to our Twitter page, Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast, to see Izzy designing that uh, wonderful pink training strip from back in the day. Can't wait question of the day is, do you feel better with Joe Schmidt in charge of the All Blacks? Because all you seem to do is tell me, hey, once you're sick of Ian Foster, and Joe Schmidt's a genius. So before we get to Tony in Auckland, just hold right there, Tony. Izzy, what do you think? I wonder, I'll just quickly, I wonder if I get royalties. I wonder if I get royalties. I might have to check that out. I've started the trend for the All Blacks pink jersey. Anyway, um... With um, John Smith, Joe Smith at the helm, does it make me uh, feel better as an AB supporter? Oh, not not really, to be honest. It doesn't really uh, change my kind of thought process. I don't think Joe Smith will have too much of an influence. Yes, he's at the helm right now while Ian Foster and Plumtree are there. I just expect Fozzie and Plumtree to have a real foothold on this, um, on this team at the moment. Look, it's exciting because we know what Joe's been able to bring from the UK and up north. Uh, a different mindset and maybe some different ideas, but um, yeah, it doesn't really change my thought process or my support for the for the All Blacks. What about you, Ken Pete? Uh, look, I think I think a little bit differently about it. I think what this does is it's really good for Razor Robinson. I think it, it shows that the system that they currently have is adaptable and. And it allows change, and I think it brings Razor Robinson back into the the next appointment process. Because um, if you have a look at how they've appointed their coaches, it normally comes from the assistant coaches through into that head coach's job. You know, you talk about Hanson, talk about Fozzie, um, and even as they're doing this, they put Joe Smith ahead of Plumtree. Uh, look, I, I think what it does is it says, well, We've changed our, our thinking a little bit, and it, and, it, and it brings Razor back into the mix, and I like that. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Tony, you're in Auckland. What do you think, mate? Oh, I think it's a good good change. Um, I mean, look what he did with Ireland a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, he's probably got a couple of different ideas in the players' ears, but whether... Um, whether he's allowed to do that, I don't know. I mean, is, is he on the phone to Fozzie while he's uh, in isolation and getting told what to do, or is he allowed to make his own decisions? That, that's the question I, I'm asking. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be making too much changes in such short period of time. Tony, I think um, Fozzie would have instilled his game plan, all the uh, processes, all of the detail, all the weeks, detail going into the week, and um, I think Joe will just be kind of making sure that happens. That's my gut feel. You can't, you can't go in there and just completely change it in about two days. Um, they've got the foundation, so yeah. I, I, I don't expect them to have too much of a foothold on it, to be honest. Hey, Tony, just while you're there, and great question, um, very important mm. question. Do you think that, look, do you think that by Joe Schmidt coming in for this week, that gives him any sort of upper hand or it, it makes his position with New Zealand rugby, whatever that is, over the next, say, three, four, five years, even more important and he kind of gets a taste of it? Um, well, if we win convincingly, I'd say so, but if, if we don't, um, whose head's going to roll? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough, Tony. Appreciate your call. 800 the Kennard's Hire phone line is there. Look, it's a really interesting one. What When you read and you hear about Joe Schmidt and his sort of intensity, Kempe, he's one of those coaches that's like, he's all in, you know? So how's he going to be able to manage this week where he is doing a management role rather than an out-and-out coaching role? And it'll be interesting to see what he can distill on the players because I'm sure he'll have some subtle conversations here and there and be able to offer something, won't he? Yeah, 100%. I think the the word that you're, you're using there is as far as managing players and managing the team is probably at the forefront of what he should be doing. Um, I think the modern-day coach is more manager than he is a, a, as a coach. You, you look at the amount of coaches that you have in a, in a team, especially a high-performing team this year, mm-hmm. everyone's got to get their hands on the players at some times. I feel sorry for the players because they're listening to so many different voices. And it's, it's how – this is how – Good, you want to you want to believe from what we hear he is is about pulling all those voices together and that team back together so that they're all pulling that walker in the same direction. So, but it's an opportunity for him, hundred percent. It's that, a real the opportunity for him. That's the answer there, Kempi. You've just nailed it right then in the air. Same messages, delivering the same messages, just really enforcing the messages that the coaching staff and and the group, the leadership group, are trying to instill into this group. Otherwise, if you say come in and you just add something different, that might be completely different to what Fozzie's trying to tell them. So, and you get mixed messages, you get confused, then you go out there and you're not 100% confident in, in what you're trying to do. So, that is the answer there, Kempe. Well done. That, and, and it does happen, you know. Like, I, I remember it happens, especially with the trainers. Mm. So, you get you send a coach's message down to the trainer and you say, Go and tell Izzy he has to eat all his ice cream. Mm. And the trainer goes down and says, mate, the coach wants you to buy a pie to go with that ice cream. <laughs> and you're saying, mate, I told you to tell Izzy to eat that ice cream. Why is he eating the pie first? And you go, well, I did. I told him to buy a pie because I think he needed the pie more than he needed the ice cream. Mate, and that's what Izzy's talking about. <laughs> if everyone's getting different messages, the player goes, well, it's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Now, language is a funny thing. It's time for our McCafe coffee catch-up for a Wednesday because... As basketball growth in New Zealand seems to hit all new highs every year, today marks a very special milestone for the sport in New Zealand as our leading women players get their crack at a league dedicated to them and continuing to grow the game. The league will will officially be named the G.J. Gardner Homes Tauhi Basketball Aotearoa. Tauhi means to soar in te reo Māori, and tonight that's exactly what players from the mainland's Poakai and Southern Hoiho will be doing when their league tips off. Hugh Bainan is the GM of Leagues at New Zealand Basketball, and he's with us now. Morning, Hugh. 
Morena, fellas, how are you? Great to be here. Great to have you on the show again, mate. Pretty special day for you. Awesome, uh, exciting new competition for our wahine, getting their uh, stage to, to showcase them on the NBL, mate. It's a pretty special day. Yeah, big day, you know, big build-up to this day. A lot, lot of hard work behind the scenes from a lot of people and a lot of excitement building, you know, among the players, among the coaches, among the fans. It's a, You know, we hope it's going to be a historic day and, and you know, herald a new era for for women's basketball in Aotearoa, and it all gets underway at 7 o'clock tonight in Christchurch. Hey, Hugh, it's Kimby, mate. Good to see you on Friday night, the Tuatara game. Um, this this announcement about the, the Wahine playing and especially uh, the, the parity uh, in the sport, how important is that for the sport? I think it's everything, you know, for women's basketball. For so long, um, you know, young girls grow up in New Zealand and... and they might get into basketball, they might enjoy watching the men's basketball, but they, don't, they haven't got to see a, a decent women's league, you know, to actually genuinely inspire to. And that's been, has certainly hasn't been the players or the coaches' fault uh, over the years. You know, if you want to watch the Tall Ferns, uh, you've got to get up at 3am for the most part and find a stream to watch them. That's, that's what it's been like historically. That's getting better from a FIBA sense and an international sense. But let's be honest, where do the Tall Ferns, in terms of visibility, rank alongside the Silver Ferns? It pales in comparison, right? So if you love your basketball and you wanted to get into basketball as a young girl, it hasn't been easy. So this league, you know, you've got to see it to be it. That's been the mantra behind this whole thing. You've got to see it to be it. So if we can put these world-class athletes and world-class Kiwi athletes in front of our young girls, they can see it, they can believe it, and then they can be it one day as well. So to, so to see it, Hugh, uh, Sky TV, all the broadcasting TV uh, industries and bodies, mate, have they been, um, you know, been supportive of what you've been trying to do to, to be able to showcase this on our airways? So this wouldn't happen without Sky TV, is he? You know, over this and the men's league as well, they both had a huge, um, huge increase in, of investment from Sky TV. Uh, over the last year, you know, we've got a big five-year deal with them, the biggest in, in basketball's history in New Zealand. This, uh, you know, Toei, he would not happen without them. The, that they've put the money in, which means these players can get paid the same as the men, which has attracted the tall firms to come home, which has attracted multiple WNBA draft picks to come and play. You know, we're going to have athletes that we have not seen the likes of before in women's basketball in New Zealand uh, take the court tonight. Um, and over the next eight weeks. so And it wouldn't have happened without the investment from Sky, without the investment from DJ Gardner. Now, I know every general manager of every league pumps up the sponsors, but genuinely, it would not have happened without the money that these guys have put in uh, and back to the women's basketball. Hey, Hugh, look, I take my hat off to you guys for being able to um, secure such a deal which allows this, these pathways to um, actually eventuate and, and, and launch tonight. But, you know, what, what does... The, the basketball on that international stage really look like if you get this right locally? Yeah, the Tall Ferns compete and have competed very well internationally. You know, we've got, and our age grades have as well. You've got the under-17s, you know, knocked off Korea the other night at the Asia Cup and, and last night beat India securing their way to the uh, under-17 World Cup and uh, Women's World Cup, which is fantastic. Um, so we compete internationally. But when we get to the bigger boys, as it were, the bigger girls, as it were, the Chinas, the Japans and stuff, we struggle. Australia, we struggle. And there's really no need for us to struggle. We compete in other sports, in, in both men's and women's. Uh, it's just we haven't been preparing them properly at home. So our players have had to go overseas 
for all their opportunities. And as we know in every sport, the more players that are playing in the same league and the same team fosters a bit better community, better team spirit, better patterns for the coaches to work on at international level as well. And straight away, as soon as Tohi was announced, as soon as our five clubs were announced and started recruiting, Tall Ferns came home. You know, Michaela Cox is the best example. She's a bona fide Tall Ferns legend. 141 caps for the Tall Ferns. She has never played in the domestic league in New Zealand since she was a schoolgirl. You know, she's been playing for 20 years of professional basketball. As soon as this league was announced, she's come home. You know, I saw her at the launch we had last week and she said, I, I wish this happened 10 years ago so I didn't, you know, have to make a life for myself over in Australia. She's had a fantastic career, don't get me wrong, but now she gets to do it at home in front of friends and family and with Tool Fern staff watching and alongside her Tool Fern uh, teammates. Mate, you're obviously gaining a lot of traction and people are pretty excited to come home and play, but what about our very own? you got Aliyah Dunn from Silver Ferns, from Central Pulse, having a wee crack at the NBL, mate. Are you expecting more to make the switch? Yeah, so we're two of the Central Pulse actually make the switch. So young Paris Mason, um, you know, who's on the fringes of the Pulse over the last couple of years, a fantastic basketballer. Um, so she's coming over and playing as well, both of the top of Manawa Queens down in the Wellington Manawa 2 region, uh, and Aaliyah Dunn as well. Really exciting uh, to have Aaliyah back. She was actually signed up to play in the 3x3 uh, shit cut last year. Of course, that, that didn't happen due to all the various lockdowns. So um, good to get her back to the hardwood. Uh, you know, I heard quite a nice anecdote the other day that she was um, training with the Silver Ferns down at Wellington just the other day. And uh, when that finished, the Queens started their practice on the next court. So as all the other Ferns went back to the locker room, she just crossed courts and uh, got down in the post and got down and dirty uh, with some post moves. So great to hear. Can't wait to see her back out on the court. I've heard some awesome things uh, about her basketball skills, you know, as a, as a former junior tall fern. Uh, so I think it's great. And, you know, this, you know, we, we try uh, to... Um, you know, as the broadcasters for Hesse in, in particular, we try to separate our season from netball, you know, so we're not going up against each other. We have a great working relationship with netball as well, especially through COVID. Um, and the more that can play both, the better, I think. I think it's great for the athletes. I think it's great for the fans. Mate, it's a, it's a must. You, you mustn't compete with netball because if there's a pathway for basketball, you see that in rugby league and rugby union, touch, tag, mm. if, those, if those competitions aren't competing against each other, the girls are crossing into to either code, it just strengthens your competition, so make sure you do that. Where are the Tall Blacks at ahead of their home match against the Philippines tomorrow? Yes, yeah, so they're in Auckland in camp uh, in Auckland, which is great to have the Tall Blacks at home for the first time in geez, three or four years, must be three years, end of 2019 was the last time they played at home. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in good space. I think it's a good team that's been announced by Pedro and, and, and the staff. The fellas are absolutely frothing to play uh, in front of home fans. Philippine side, I haven't sent their strongest side. You know, I think they're, they're saving that for some games at home, but don't get, me, don't get it wrong. You know, this is going to be a good team. They'll fight and fight. And the head coach of the Philippines for this trip is none other than Ninad Vucinich. Played over 100 times for the Tall Blacks themselves. The Elfin Giants legend was one of Pedro's mentors. Uh, so there's a nice little narrative there. Oh, it's going to be a cracking game, mate. Looking forward to watching the boys back home do the mahi. What about the NBL, mate? I read some the stats that the NBL with the viewership numbers, mate, gaining traction. Like just everyone's watching it, everyone's excited. The brand that's been portrayed on the TVs and in the stands, mate. You must be pretty proud of of how that's grown from strength to strength. You know, Izzy, it's so cool. I get, I'm lucky mm. enough to go to a lot of games. Um, yeah, I saw Kempi there on Friday, and it's just. It's just so great to be there because, you know, as a young fellow, I went to a lot of these games and sometimes 
not many people there. You know, don't get me wrong, the league's had some golden years, you know, that's well documented. But now every game on TV, the numbers we get from Sky are awesome, as, as was well publicised recently. Um, we're getting sellouts after sellouts. You know, where I live here in Nelson, the Nelson Giants have sold out all six home games. Um, it's just fantastic. It's such a good atmosphere. The towns where these teams are are buzzing about their NBL teams. Uh, which is great. You know, we've long said it, right? Everyone in the basketball community has been hammering everyone in the media saying basketball is the fastest growing sport. It's exploding. It's booming. And it is. And the infrastructure is catching up. And it's been a struggle for us at Basketball New Zealand because the sport's just gone bang in popularity. Um, and to keep up that infrastructure is expensive uh, and tough, you know, on resources. But we're getting there. And the league, I think, is a shining example of, uh, of what can happen when it all comes together. Hey Hugh, thanks a lot for uh, joining us this morning. Great to see what basketball's doing, and I, I love how you said the the infrastructure is catching up to the game. I can see it growing from strength to strength, being there on Friday night. Um, but thanks a lot for joining us on the Izzy and Kimby breakfast. Thanks, fellas. Have a good day. Yeah, awesome, awesome, Izzy. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, the game on Friday night, it was awesome. Like I was, I was a guest of the Tuatara franchise, and. So I was right on sideline, mate. I couldn't have got any closer. I, you can't help yourself because everyone's getting into it. And I was actually having a chirp at a couple of the players saying, mate, get, your, get, your, get yourself into the game, mate. Start taking some shots. You know, and a couple, had a couple of shots at the referees too just to wind them up. But just that whole atmosphere. And I remember that being down with the Exchequer Saints with Nicky Mills when I was in Wellington. Mate, it's coming back. They, they're doing a wonderful job with basketball. I think it. So the basketball, the the hype and, and the the crowds and the supporters. I think it's already been there, but now because it's being showcased every game on our TVs, it's get you know it's just blowing up even more. Um, and it's awesome to see, you know, like you just and, and just hearing them the the comp- competition that's been created for the women's, which is you know been a long time coming. Should have been the ages ago, but. No, it's just great traction, isn't it, Louis? It is, and you know, it's a really, really astute observation, is he? For a long time, guys like Hugh, Dylan Boucher, Casey Frank, um, uh, Ian Potter, they've been banging the drum about, hey, look at the participation rates. Look at the go into a school gym on a Friday night or a Wednesday night when basketball's on. It's been like this since I was a kid, like, and probably longer. Like basketball has been growing exponentially, like off the charts for. Two decades now, if not more. And yeah, there was a heyday of the NBL, but we went away from it. And the breakers were succeeding at the kind of AMBL level, but there was still a lack of funding and there was a lack of exposure to the domestic league. Kind of comparable to a bit of domestic cricket, to be honest. And broadcasters this in the, I'd say this half a decade have really got their A into G and started realising how they can actually make money from more community level or domestic level sports and what Hugh said about Sky Sport and their support and what Sophie uh, has done at Sky Sport is pretty much always turned their share price around first and foremost but by looking and trying to promote and actually being proud of the products we have in New Zealand you look at what we see on Sky TV at the moment I've been um, one of those people that previously have been disappointed with Sky price hikes uh, accessibility to different sports but I don't think you can do that anymore. I, I, I really do think Sky is such an important asset as a broadcaster to sport and actually to then people that play the sport. So hearing Hugh talk about that, I think it's a really poignant shout-out, Kimby. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. It's fantastic. And especially the, to allow grassroots sport to get the, some more extra funding so that they can deliver um, experiences to their participant. Because chicken and egg, right? It is. 
It is. It doesn't. It doesn't work without the support. You know, you just can't. The 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 most um, telling comment there was that the infrastructure was catching up. So talent is always there. Is New Zealand talent? Like I do hope they don't uh, uh, compete with Nepal because they're going to have an influx with this competition of women from Nepal into this competition. Um, but it's the talent that's always there. It's the funding and the infrastructure that isn't. So you and know that's what Sky's allowed allowed to happen. And you know what's next on the agenda? Surfing. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you now, you cannot. They, I know they're saying basketball is the fastest growing sport, mate. It's got nothing on surfing. Dead set. If you go all around the Mutu, I've been, look, I've been up to Ahipara for a surf. You can't get a park on the beach, and it's 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 grandfathers, um, fathers, sons, and and kids. You know what I mean? Like babies all sitting on that beach. And we spoke to Ben Kennings yesterday, is he? And he is just like you in the trenches for it's a passion, it's a lifetime for him trying to get the infrastructure to catch up to the talent so we can have people like Paige Harab out there with more support. And um, I think that's really, really cool. It's a nice you message. Need, you need you need those guys and, and those ladies, those people in those seats that are actually genuinely invested for the love of the sport. And Hugh and, and Ben Kennings are those guys that get the, they get it done. You know, and, and that they don't just sit in their seat like there's a lot of people in those Higher, uh, you know, higher up, or, um, you know, quite high up in the, in the business or in the company, sit there and just and just take all the gravy. They actually get out there and put in, into the into work, lads, into work. And and um, Justin Nelson, obviously host of Hoops Heads here on SCNZ, must be a, a massive shout out for Justin as well. What they're doing with Hoops Heads here, and he was in Hugh's role before Hugh, um, just across the board, him, Casey, Frank, the whole crew. Well done. Big, big congratulations. The pathway that the NBL provides for the young players and uh, Dante Russo, Nance, is phenomenal. He will go to the NBA, I guarantee now. I've watched basketball my whole life and I've never seen a progression of young guys like this since Piero's days. It's all due to the professionalism of the NBL. Well done to Hugh and crew. Thank you to Dennis for texting, double eight, double three. Get in touch on the Temper Bird Post text machine or give us a call, 0800 150 811, the Kennards Hire phone line. After this, AB's 23... Halfback, reserve, Fakatava, Christy, ooh, Daggy's got something special for us. 21 minutes past seven, here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. We're going to talk some regional, some rugby. For many, the Ranfilly Shield is the most coveted prize in rugby for one simple reason. Anyone on their day can win it today. South Canterbury hopes to beat my Hawks Bay for the title and etch their names into history. Leading the side is a man whose 100th game for the team coincides with this rare challenge opportunity. The man is Nick, Stra- Nick Strawn, and he's on the line now. Morning, Nick. How are we getting on? Yeah, good, mate. 1976, the last time South Canterbury held the Shield, mate. Pretty special day. Can you do it? Oh, you mean, even as unrealistic and slim as our chances are, it's still a, it's still a chance. So, yeah, mate. you know, we just got to perform really well today and obviously hope a few things go our way, a bit of luck here and there, but you never know. Stranger things have happened in sport. Stranger things have happened, mate. 2006, the last time you had a crack against Canterbury. What does this mean for South Canterbury, mate? I was doing a bit of reading. You, you won the big one last year, but what does this do for the region? Oh, I, I, you can definitely feel the buzz. You know, so many people over the last few weeks have you know come up to me and said that they're, they're coming up to support us. You know, people that you wouldn't think support rugby. So you know, there is a lot of people coming up. Um, there is a big buzz around around the district about it. So you know, we're really excited and we want to make sure we put in a performance that 
not only ourselves as a team, but all our supporters and sponsors can be proud of as well. Hey, Nick, do you, have, do you guys have much of a following? Do you expect a, a crowd to follow you up there? Well, yeah, like I said, you know, like there's quite a lot of people going up. I wouldn't know the exact number, but I think there was a flight or two maybe delayed and cancelled today, so that might affect the numbers. But um, we're expecting quite a few to come up. Yeah, and what and what's your nerves like? Like the team, how's the training been this week? Are you guys all yeah itching to get out there, or is it just a bit? Oh man, it's actually upon us. We don't really don't know how to feel. Yeah. Oh, it's probably not too bad at the moment. I imagine when we get to McLean Park today, we'll probably kick in for a lot of the guys. Um, we, we had a training run there yesterday afternoon, and that was quite cool for the boys just to get a bit of experience on, on you know, the field in front of the stands and that. So, you know, we're ready to go. You know, all the preparation's been done. It's just about putting performance on the field now. All right, mate. Pretty special and proud moment for you and your family. A hundred games, a hundred times you're going to wear the South Canterbury rugby jersey, mate. Pretty special moment for you. And the team to do it in a Ranfilly Shield, mate. You know, you can't really, you can't really write this script. It's pretty, pretty no, awesome. Yeah. So, so for you, you know, how's how's your week been, and, and what does this mean for you? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's sort of a weird one because obviously I'm so focused on you know putting a good performance in for the you know for the Shield and for the rest of the boys. But having this personal milestone is obviously something that I'm extremely proud of. Uh, a long time I've been involved in the team, and not many people. Um, get the opportunity to play 100 games. So I am really proud of that. And uh, probably after the game today, I'll probably reflect a bit more on you know, what I've achieved in uh, the time at South Canterbury. Hey, Nick, pre-game, what music do you listen to? What What's your what's the superstition? You you wear, what, the different undies or what, what, what is it? <laughs> no, I don't really have any superstitions. I'm just sort of more about get out there and get into it. But um, So, yeah, nothing what, too What's your go-to strange. song? Go-to song. I like Alice in Chains. You know, sort of that old-school rock, but more my style. Nice, beautiful, beautiful, mate. Oh, well, um, mate, has any of the old crew from 1976 popped in and just shared a few stories, shared a few, yeah, a few conversations? Yeah, we had she had a, a bit of a function with them a week ago, um, so nice. that was quite cool to see all those boys back together. You know, you could see them just bouncing stories off each other and. No, it was cool to see that, you know, nearly 50 years on, what, what it still means to those boys, you know, almost the highlight of their, of their lives. So we've got a few of them up here with us as well, um, you know, and they're just as pumped for it as us, almost like they want to get out there and play too. So, you know, you can see what, what winning it for them back then, you know, it still holds such great significance for them. Yeah, 74, mate. Uh, for, uh, apologies for that. It was 74, not 76. I don't know where I got that 76 from. But, uh, mate, if you're going to get the job done, how do you, how does the team do it? South Canterbury, how do they do it today? Oh, I mean, Bob's got a, we've got a rattle talk Bay. You know, they're such a mm. click unit. Plenty of, um, sort of super rugby players and experienced guys there. You can see what they did in the, in the Bunnings Cup last year you know, at the top side throughout the whole season. So, you know they're they're a tough unit, but you know we we've got to we've got to rattle them and we've got to play with confidence. And like I said earlier, just we need a bit of luck as well for your things to go our way. But you never know what can happen. We we just got to put ourselves in there and, and hope we get a get the bounce of the ball here or there. No, you got to win it at the ruck. Get stuck in. Yeah, All right, get <laughs> yeah, stuck right. in. Hey Nick, thanks for joining us this morning on the show. Um, we wish you all the best on your hundredth game, and yeah. hopefully you can replicate that seventy four win. Uh, for the old boys, but it's going to be a wow. fantastic, fantastic well, day against Hawks Bay, mate. I reckon you're going to win it. Yeah, oh, Hawks Bay, right. hard.
down here. Don't go too hard, mate. Just take it easy, right? Yeah, you tell them that on us. <laughs> Sweet ass, fella. Well done. All the best, mate. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Come on, mate. Someone has to give them some... I guess some some something to hope for, some hope against your team as a Hawks Bay. Like Shield, like these guys and these players, like you know they play in the Heartland and they never really get an opportunity. It just showcases how much it really means. And you think back to the early days when it were actually made the the trip around the the regions, like the South Canterburys, the yeah, the the Thames Valleys, or you know the the unions that really haven't tasted any Ramfilly success for a long time. I love it, mate. Get you excited about Cena and just hearing him talk about the old players from '74 coming in and telling stories. You know, just really embrace it, and it, man, it just unites the the region. There's going to be a lot of blue in that stand. I'm pre- predicting at McLean Park, 4:30 this afternoon, lads. Going to be cracker. So good, is he? It's so good. Ramfilly Shield season, you forget mm. how infectious it is. Is every corner of New Zealand has a yarn, and hopefully South Canterbury today can do one for the mainland. What's your big? What's your biggest Ramfilly Shield experiences? Um, mate, I had an awesome experience. So I was I was playing for the ABS, and um, I wasn't you know I was in the ABS squad, but I wasn't really getting any crack any, any game time. So Fozzie said I can go back and have a crack for Hawks Bay. We actually travelled to Counties Monaco. And um, we had a crack at Counties there. They have the shield, and we won it 13-8, I think it was, 13-10 or something like that. Real close game. So we went to uh, Counties and put Coe there and, and won it. Mate, it was awesome. awesome. Loved it. And you just flew back to Napier. And the best thing about that is the next week, the All Blacks are actually playing in Napier against Argentina. So the hype was already there. We landed at the, um, at the airport, and it was just packed out, mate. Packed out. That's how much it means to, to these unions, eh? The ran for the shield. Doesn't get any bigger. He's a World Cup winner, razzle-dazzle, a proud former Māori All Black, and now, well, he's a Major League Rugby champion to, to his resume as the New York got up to win the competition over the weekend. It's Nehe Milner Scudder, and he's on the line now before he heads to the airport to make his long-awaited trip to his whānau back here in Aotearoa. And, well, let's be honest... Not a bad place to go play some rugby. New York, Nehi. <laughs> How are you, brother? Morning, Alicia Keys. I mean, I mean, Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I, th- I thought you just overplayed the um, Alicia Keys, uh, New York State of Empire song. No, 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 no good, brother. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank, thank you for um, yeah, having me on, obviously. Yeah, last minute um, dash packing and whatnot. To, uh, yeah, start the travel home. So, um, yeah, fizzed at the way the season finished. Short stint, um, but yeah, job done in a way. And then now the real mahi starts when I get home. Back, back to the family. Hey, hey, tell us about the the New York experience. Like the MLR is getting some traction, man. It's growing. You've seen it on the airways back here in NZ. There's obviously a huge Kiwi influence over there, particularly in your team. But, mate, New York, what was that like? Very pumping. We, um, we're we based sort of in Jersey City, which is across the um, Hudson, like I know my geography of New York. But, um, bro, it's, it's, it's crazy over here. Like, we sort of dazed off a bit of free time. The boys will catch the um, train subway into the city and then – it's just people everywhere. Like the buildings are next level. Um, 
like when they say it's a it's a rat race um <laughs> yeah it is that brains just people always on the go um you, you don't sort of miss a beat or otherwise you get left behind um but it's been cool yeah in terms of the kiwi influence like you touched on bro we've got a whole heap um at the club which sort of makes makes you feel like you're at home in a way um you know you get to connect with the, the boys but some of the american fellas probably they're, they're crack up they um yeah real wouldn't say overconfident they just um yeah they just love talking bro and yeah, you can't get a word in with them which has sort of been cool to experience that part of the culture um yeah it's, it's been enjoyable bro it's been choice uh it's Kempe here bro uh Paito or Takoro Mutonga Keikonate Tino Rangatiro to Takoro no New York Paitera awesome bro your final game you guys won it and uh, you guys must be happy you you've you've celebrated for what a week <laughs> <laughs> Nah bro I just had a couple of lemonades on um on Saturday Sunday I think the boys uh yeah pushed pushed the boat out yesterday for for a mad Monday of sorts um but nah, I knew I knew I had to get all my stuff sorted. But de- yeah, there definitely were some celebrations, um, and rightly so. You know, I think the boys have put in like a lot of work. You know, both of you will know the amount of mahi that goes into you know preseason, getting the season underway um, right throughout the season, and then to have an opportunity to push through to the finals. Um, yeah, but it's been a massive season. I think a couple of us only joined the team sort of late in the piece, so we. Uh, missed the colder weather, bro. We timed it. Mean it's been hot as almost too hot. Ooh. Um, coming over here, so probably yeah. Of all the things I'm looking forward to coming to back home. Um, yeah, I don't think the weather's one of them, but I'll be okay to play. Yeah, bro. It's freezing here. Honestly, it's so cold, <laughs> raining, miserable. You might as well just you know, tell the family to pack up and head over to New York and join you over there, brother. Hey, tell us about the standard of rugby, the standard of rugby in the MLR. Like, what, what's your take on on the current league, mate? Do you, you feel like it's got a lot of um, yeah, a lot of positive signs going forward? It's, it could be turned into a major, well, it's called the major uh, league, but something that's quite big. Yeah, it's up there, bro. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I think when I came towards the back end, we were playing, um, you know, all the teams that were in contention for finals. So, like, the Atlantas um, played New England twice. And so the level, and Washington, D.C., I know there's a few boys, Danny Tusitala, um, good Kiwi contingent at that in Washington. Um, bro, so the level's definitely up there. I'd probably, it sort of varies or ranges probably between, like, um, Heartland, towards sort of Mitre 10 Cup, NPC. Um, but, bro, it's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's only going to continue to grow. I think they announced the World Cup here in 2031 or, or around that time. And so there's definitely going to be a lot more eyes, a lot more re- resources pumped in um, to the comp, especially to help grow the game. Um, heaps of, I guess, overseas influence. You know, there's Aussie-based coaches, Aussie coaches, South Africans, um, like you say, Kiwis. So, um, bro, it's, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential and I think it's definitely going to just continue to grow. And that, and that growth um, here underneath, what's the pathways look like? Is it through colleges? Um, is it similar to the NFL, NBA systems, the soccer systems, or is it just starting to take off over there? I think it's just starting to take off, bro, but um, it's funny because 
my yeah, I was, it was a bit ignorant on my behalf when I first come over because I was like, yeah, what actually are the pathways? You know, when do kids start playing rugby? All I'd heard was that um, like a lot of guys just make the transition when they don't make NFL. Um, so a lot of you know their dreams and aspirations that'll be sort of football players through high school, college, and then if that doesn't eventuate, um, then they sort of come over to rugby. But bro, there's um, a lot of like junior rugby. Um, competitions around where we are in Jersey and New York. A um, few of the boys in the New York team came through some of the local high schools. Um, and then there's definitely a big push for the college game to grow as well. So, yeah, there are definitely some good sort of programs and systems set up at the grassroots level. Um, I reckon that's probably a, an area where I can see yeah, probably a little bit more time and, and money, I guess, getting people over to start putting in some good youth academies, some good high school um, youth programs, so then it grows from the bottom and then, um, yeah, get, get the MLR really pumping and humming and then sort of from both ends, the top end and the grassroots level, it's, um, you know, trending in the right in the right direction. Oh, mate, uh, honestly, if, if America put their mind to it and the money to it, they can uh, they can do anything. You saw what they're doing with the MLS, with the soccer league over there. At the moment, it's grown, well, it's grown from strength to strength, and uh, it's man, it's one of the major leagues in the, in the world at the moment. Nehi, I just got a photo on my phone of Andy. Andy Ellis. Looks like he's having a hell of a time over there in New York. Mate, he's obviously announced his retirement. Yeah, what, what kind of bloke was he to your team, mate? It's pretty special, um, pretty special man. I got a lot of time from. Oh, brother, yeah, I, I don't know if I've got enough time to, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just to say how much he he's meant to this club, especially. Like I'd had the pleasure of um, playing against, and then I think yeah, a couple of campaigns with with the brother Andos, and um, bro, he's he's been the heart and soul of of this club. I think he's been over here for a couple of years now. Obviously, just his leadership knowledge of the game. Like, he drives a lot of the culture stuff, like, off the field, bro. He's always, you know, getting the boys um, together, you know, trying to... Bro, like, he had all us go over to his place, uh, place for, a, for a barbecue. Um, just made us feel really welcome, bro. He, yeah, he's just all-around top man. Um, and to, yes, yeah, give him a send-off in that fashion and win it for him. Um, bro was choice, so yeah, couldn't have. Yeah, can't can't speak um, highly enough of of the bro. He's uh, he's a top man. I actually caught up with him this morning to say hooray, and him and him and young Arthur bro were out on the courtyard doing grubbers and chipping chases, and and the man had been yeah going hard for the last three days. So to see him, um, yeah, with his young fella passing the ball around, and you know, like he'd come off a, a six week holiday. Um, but yeah, that just speaks to him and, and the type of man he is. They, they always say the accolades you want are from the blokes that you play alongside. And mate, well done for uh, uh, that court at all uh, regarding Andy. You did the hucker for him, bro, after the game, um, along with, with the other boys. What is that that cultural, uh, I guess, that cultural attribute that you guys brought to the team? How's that been ac- accepted by the American people? Um. It's an interesting one because I think at the end of the day, we're sort of like human beings and, yeah, we, we do have that cultural element um, back home being Kiwis and that. So well, yeah, we, as much as we try to bring our Kiwi flavour, we're mindful of, you know, this is their land and we're coming to 
um, coming to America, so we can't sort of, you know, put our our mark too much. We need to be open and actually embrace the culture that's here currently. Um, but and say, now, I think we had too many Kiwis, bro. Like our a lot of our um, backroom staff were, were all Kiwis. The coaches, uh, most of the boys were. So uh, it was pretty hard not to bring in our culture, bro, and yeah, to cap it off with with the hucker and. Um, it was mean. I know there's been a bit of chat around Quinn Ngawati. He was, I think, he was next to me on my right. Um, absolutely, just letting rip. He's he's from up north, uh, um, but he grew up in Canada, so he's got a Canadian um, accent and, and a bit of a twang. But I think it was, yeah, that was one of the cool things for me to do the haka and see the bro, um, you know, embrace his Maori tongue and, and stand strong and tuturu and and who who he is. So um, it was cool to be able to show that and, and obviously celebrate Andy as well. Yeah, it was a mean hucker, mean hucker, spine tingling hucker from the lads, and uh, seeing the emotion on Andy's face, mate, it meant a lot to him. Hey, today Nihi, the the Māori All Blacks play. You got uh, Brad Weber co-captaining with TJ Perenara, pretty strong Māori's outfit, mate, taking on the Irish. How do you reckon they're gonna go? Oh, bro, they'll get up. Yeah, they'll. Um, yeah, just with the caliber of players, like man, right through the whole playing 23 and then even some of the boys that um, yeah, weren't lucky enough to strip in tonight's game. But we're the class of players, uh, um, but then also, you know, the week that they've had preparing and, um, yeah, just tapping into their Māori tangapo and, and the cultural element. Uh, the boys will just grow another arm in the league. Um, and also knowing that it's a big challenge against uh, the Irish team, Um yeah, I'm hoping. I'm not sure what my timing is like. I might be in the air, but um, I'll definitely be catching the replay. But bro, it's going to be a hell of a game, um, hell of a series, I think, for Ireland. And too much on them too for yeah. um, chucking a couple of games against the Maldi Maldi boys in there, um, as well as the ABs. So, bro, it's going to be mean. But I reckon, um, yeah, my last lot of pennies are on the um, the Maldi brothers to to get up. Nice. Oh, you'll be up there with your own big screen anyway while you're flying home. Bit of Wi-Fi, <laughs> eh? Turning left. Don't worry, Nehi. We know you, brother. Economy. Send us some of your upgrades, Nuggie. I've got no upgrades, bro. I've been flying for years. I'm back of the bus now. All good, brother. Oh, Nehi, we're going to have to let you go, but travel safe. Um, Nehi, awesome to chat to you today, and well done. I'm winning the the MLR over there in New York with uh, with the boys and Andy and Co. And, and keep up the great work. We'll catch you over here soon, eh? Man, too much, my brothers. Yeah, look forward to catching up back uh, back home. Take All care, my brothers. S-E-N-Z. MLR champion with New York along with Waisaki Naholo and Andy Ellis. Izzy, have you got any FaceTimes recently from Andy Ellis? I, there was one very blurry selfie that it still came through unsolicited to my phone yesterday, so I wonder if the party's still going. It's still going, probably, but um, no, I haven't got a uh, FaceTime from him yet, but he's just he's ready. He's ready for the call, so you know we might have to have a chat to him later on in the week. See what he's doing. Oh, mate, honestly, someone that's prepared for life after footy, Andy is the epitome of it. He has just always worked on his craft outside of rugby, and he could tell a lot of stories, mate. So I'd love to get him on and just really get an inkling about what he's going to do uh, uh, now that he's you know, hung up the boots. Absolutely. Nehemiah proud Māori uh, New Zealander. Kempi, great to hear how proud he was and how um, excited he is for the boys to get a crack at Ireland.
Oh, he, he, yeah, you could tell that he wanted to play to, play tonight. Um, so, yeah, he, he uh, talked Same. a little bit about what their significance meant to him over there and how many Kiwis were in the team. And and I liked what he said about um, Andy Ellis too, mate. You know, like he just got us together and made sure that we felt like we were all part of the team. Um, great conversation. We never got to see the best of Nehia Akimpi, like just riddled with injuries throughout his career, like stormed onto the onto the scene, and you know obviously took my position, but that's okay, mate. He deserved it. He was outstanding. Went over there was a big part of why the All Blacks won the 2015 World Cup, and then just got riddled with the shoulder injuries. Had a surgery. This this the first surgery. I actually think he made it worse and kind of um, you know that that put his career in. in and tatters. So, mate, just, yeah, a guy that's won a World Cup but then just got riddled with injuries and still trying to apply his trade. And he's a good bloke, man. Awesome bloke. Yeah. Oh, footwork. Craig footwork. Oh, mate. He will step you on a dime. You, you talk about steppers. That try, <laughs> I think it was Hurricanes at the Caketon against the Waratahs when he whacks it off the scrum, midfield scrum, bang, 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 gooseies. Oh, man, he was something else in 2015. League player as well, so Kimpy really loves him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and had a good grounding. So <laughs> that's all right. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto: Don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.